changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday, and today I am excited to introduce you to Julie Hornock. She has been published in five Chicken Soup for the Soul books. We're going to talk about two main topics today. One, her Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, and particularly her experience with raising a child on the autism spectrum. And then two, a quick introduction to how we can use yoga to find our inner calm, something I'm always looking for. Now, Julie discovered her love for writing when her daughter Lizzie was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. At that point, Julie jumped into researching and implementing a home therapy program, and this led to a video blog that Julie made to help other parents of kids on the autism spectrum. And that led to a position on the board of the National Autism Association of North Texas, and then a blog for Autism Spot. And now, in addition to her work in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, you can see Julie's work in Parenting Special Needs Magazine, Autism Parenting Magazine, Autism Spot, Thrive Magazine, Literary Mama, and many other places. And she also received an honorable mention in the memoirs and personal essay category of the 86th Writer's Digest Annual Writing Competition in 2017, which is a big deal. Julie lives in Texas with her husband and her three children. And Julie, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, we are glad to have you. And let's start off by talking about your wonderful Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. The first one I want to talk about, I just loved because every mother wants the validation that you talk about in your story that appeared in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Best Mom Ever, and it's called The Wind Beneath My Wings. Yeah, I love that one. And it took me until my adult life to really appreciate my mom. So she appreciates seeing this story even more. Yeah. So tell us what happened and how you came to realize that your mother was always there for you, even though you had been that typical obnoxious teenager. I definitely was that typical obnoxious teenager. As a child, I was a very independent person. I've always been very independent. So I never really thought I needed her. And we went to this brunch, and I remember this friend of mine getting up and singing. It was a Mother's Day brunch, and my friend was singing this song about the wind beneath my wings, you know, the Bette Midler song. And I just thought, I don't need wind beneath my wings, you know, and I don't even need to be at this brunch. It went on like that, and my mom and I were not close at all growing up. It wasn't like she was a fabulous mom. I just didn't think I needed her. And so I went off to another state for school and for college, and then I got married right out of college and had my first kid and everything was just like sailing along and I just thought I was totally rocking life. And then I had a child with autism and I just crashed down. I just crashed and burned and I realized, you know, my mom just swooped in and she was there for me every single step of the way. And I realized she had always been there for me. I just didn't know I needed her. Yeah, she was always the wind beneath your wings. And I think that's a great message and Every mom should somehow get her teenage daughter to read that story. It might help a little bit. Well, and the neat thing is that she now we have this close relationship that we didn't necessarily have growing up. And 
she continues to be the wind beneath my wings, even with my writing, because she is my first level editor. You know, she's the person I go to first, and she's good at the things I'm not good at. And so it's neat to have this partnership with her in a new way, even that it doesn't have to do with autism always. Now it's with the writing too. So now you have another really good piece of advice for tweaking our perspective and. That was a story you wrote for Chicken Soup for the Soul, devotional stories for wives, about how you tweaked your perspective about your husband. Yeah, I think as women, it's really easy to focus on what is not happening in our marriage that we want to be happening. And for me, with having a child with autism, it's extremely stressful. And I really, really felt like I was doing it all. I felt like I was putting together the therapy program. I was taking care of the kids. And I wanted him to be more involved in all of that. And I realized later, and this was years later, just looking back at perspective, is he had been in it the whole time, just in a different role. And he had been supporting us financially, which was a heavy financial burden to pay for all that therapy. And we all deal with stress in different ways. And so he was handling it and working really hard to be able to pay for everything that I was implementing. And he was being supportive. And so I kind of changed my perspective to look into, okay, I'm going to focus on the things he is doing instead of what he isn't doing. And if two people are doing that, it makes for a pretty fantastic marriage. That is an incredibly good piece of advice. And that's what I love about our devotionals books. They include those incredible life-changing nuggets. I am sure that people who read that story in Devotional Stories for Wives ended up drastically improving their marriages because I mean, that, that again, just like your story should be read by every teenage daughter, that story that you wrote for our devotionals books should be read by every wife who's starting to wonder what her husband does all day. And just changing it, the perspective the minute it happens, like when you're angry about something, just changing it to, okay, I'm going to focus on this different detail. And then it, it, it brings in a, just a place of gratitude in your marriage. And yes, it has dramatically changed my marriage. And so I hope that others can implement that as well. I think that probably having a child on the autism spectrum really does make you think more deeply about things. And it almost seems like you have more epiphanies and you come up with a lot of what people would call life hacks, I guess, right? You're, uh, yeah. you're probably better at life. You've realized a lot of things that other people haven't been forced to realize yet. I know you're, you're giving back to other moms who have children on the spectrum because you wrote about it in Chicken Soup for the Soul, volunteering and giving back with that story, 100 Smiles. Yeah, my daughter was, she was, it was very intense when she was young. She was very, she was diagnosed with moderate autism. So she had no language and she had no ability to really function or know what was going on in the world. And she was just, we were very blessed in that this intensive therapy we did was really working. And so the moment I had time freed up, I thought, I just remember being in the midst of that where you feel hopeless and where you feel isolated. It's the worst feeling in the world because you don't know how to go on. You don't know what 10 years from now looks like. And it's almost like your thoughts are plaguing you, you know. And so I decided I was going to put together this mom's event where we just got moms together. And it was moms of kids with autism, they don't have money and they, because they're spending it on therapy and they don't have energy. So it has to be something great for them to want to get out of the house. And so we did, we planned this great event where it was kind of like their Oprah moment, you know, where they got pampered, they got gifts, they got everything. And then 
I found that it wasn't just a relief from the stress. It, they met friends that were going through the same thing, that, and those friends became their lifeline and ended up carrying them through the rest of these years over and over with autism. So it was like they were no longer alone. They were no longer desperate because they had someone to bounce their ideas off of. And so I feel like that has kind of become my purpose in life now, expanding those events around the U.S. Well, that's incredible. You are such a giving person to be raising three kids and doing everything that you do. And now you're helping all those other moms. And I imagine that one of the things you helped those moms do was find a way to their own inner calm? Is, is that one of the techniques that you taught them at those retreats? Absolutely. And I, I'm also a yoga teacher, and I have really found just calm and peace with, and taking time for myself to be so important in my journey and so important in healing. And so, I, yeah, I would love to be able to share that with your listeners. I'm excited about that, and I hope that it will be helpful. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with more from Julie Harnock, and she's going to help us find our own place of inner calm using some yoga techniques that are quick and easy ways to add peace into our own lives. Okay, we're back with Julie Harnock, and now she's going to help us use yoga techniques to find our own calm place. So, Julie, give us our instructions because I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> okay, well, it's really important to know that whenever you're using yoga to, or anything to calm yourself, it's really all about the nervous system. And so our goal is to reset that fight or flight. I don't know if you've heard of like the cortisol levels in your body or the fight or flight mode. And if your body is in this place of stress, this place of fight or flight, then the nervous system is raised, it's going too fast, and you're not able to kind of come down from that, and then it takes a toll on your body. And so that's basically the toll that stress is taking on you for long periods of time. And if you deal with something like I did, like pretty intense autism or any type of big event or stress, you may have trouble kind of coming down from that and finding a way to relax. You may be, find yourself sitting even trying to watch TV or read a book and you can't because your mind can't calm down. And so what I would love to share is three different poses where you can do these in your home. You can do these with props that you have and not just for you, but you can teach these to your children because our children with the electronics have trouble coming down as also, and they need their nervous system to be calmed. That is amazing. So now, since you are a good writer, you're going to somehow use words to describe these poses to us. Yes. And I hope that people who are listening and are not driving or walking will try these poses while you're talking. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm also, I'll give you, yes, I'm going to describe the poses, but I'm also going to give you the names of the poses so you can look them up. So if you, I will share with you how to do that too, because I would love for them to be able to see it also. And, but I will try and just, I will try to use my words to describe. So the first thing about bringing the nervous system down is always focusing on the breath. And if you can do nothing else, you need to focus on your breath. And so if you're sitting up tall, and I do this in my car a lot because I sit in a whole lot of carpool lines, and so you start to just close your mouth, and then you begin to bring the breath through the nose all the way down to the bottom of the belly where the belly is actually puffing out a little bit. So when you're breathing, we, we tend to just breathe short. We breathe 
to our lungs, and then we let it come back out. So just being intentional about taking the breath in through the nostrils and then just bring them all the way down to the bottom of the belly. Let the belly expand out. Hold for a second. And then as you exhale, keep those lips closed and breathe out the nose slowly. So if you were doing this, you would breathe in for maybe one, two, three. Hold that breath at the bottom of the belly. And then as you exhale, breathe for one, two, three, out. So that in itself is going to begin to calm the nervous system. And then if we add in some other poses with that breath. So keeping in mind every one of these poses I go through, you'll want to do that breath as much as possible, just kind of calming and slowing yourself down. Um, My very favorite one to calm the nervous system is called Legs Up the Wall. So if you're looking that up online, it's Legs Up the Wall Yoga Pose. And basically it's very, very, very simple. All you do is you get either on the ground or you can be on your bed and if you're, you have back problems, you'll want to put maybe a blanket down or something soft so that it's not hard. And you just scoot your tushy up maybe one or two inches away from the wall, and you place your legs up the wall. Very, very simple. Legs up the wall, back all the way down on the ground, and you can play around with where you want your hands. You can butterfly them out to the sides or tee them out to the sides. You can put your one hand on the heart and one hand on the belly, or you can simply place them down by the side with your palms up to the sky. So as you're laying with your legs up, this is getting your legs up above your heart. It's calming everything down. It's slowing down and resetting those cortisol levels. And so I would say stay there for five minutes if you want to stay there for ten minutes. Um, When my kids are stressed out, I usually have them do this before bed. It will help you sleep better. And, you know, if the kids can't sit there for a long period of time, you can have them read in this position, and it is amazing for their nervous system. So that's the first one. Okay, that that sounds good. That sounds comfortable. Does it sound like simple enough that something you could try at home? Oh, totally. Okay, so just legs at the ball. The second one is called reclining butterfly pose. And so for reclining butterfly pose, you would just sit up with your legs straight out in front of you and kind of puff your chest out and roll your shoulders back. And then you're going to bring your, your, the bottoms of your feet together almost like a butterfly. So you press your two heels together and then the foot, your foot pads together and your big toes together. And then you pull your heels in just as close as it feels comfortable to your body. And so your legs are going to, like your knees will sprawl out to the sides And then you're going to slowly put your hands behind you and lower all the way back down to the ground. So your back will be on the ground. The bottoms of your feet will be together. Your knees will kind of come out to the sides. And on this pose, some people find this to be extremely uncomfortable. So if you find it to be uncomfortable, you need to modify a little bit, and you can grab pillows or blankets and put them under the the sides of your knees so that your legs are actually laying on something. The goal is not to get like a massive stretch here. The goal is to bring down our nervous system. So if you're uncomfortable in any way, use pillows, blankets. You can roll up a blanket to be, make it a little bit more comfortable. So you're laying on your back. You have a butterfly butterfly legs, and then you can take your arms. Same thing where you can bring them out to the sides. You can just kind of have them down near your knees, palms up, or you can put one, heart over, one hand over your heart and one hand over your belly. And so same thing where you'll be deep, breathing deep, 
always closing down the eyes if you're not driving. You can't do this in the car anyway. <laughs> but if you're not driving, you can close down your eyes and just focus, begin to – people have trouble on what to focus on because you have all these thoughts that come into your mind when you're just laying and you're not doing anything. So you can always just focus on the air that comes out just below your nose and above the top of your lip, and you can focus on that breath, and that will also help your mind to calm down. All right, that one sounds good, too. Now, I have a question for you before you give us the third position. Sure. This is a real Mm -hmm. type A kind of question. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I'm one of these people like, can I do something else while I'm meditating? That's my kind of question. So (laughs) can I read a book while I'm in these positions, or does that undo the whole benefit? No, I mean, you, so for the kids, I let them read a book because I just know they're not capable. <laughs> but, but you can read a book um, because you're still going to get physical benefit from it, but you will get a much more intense benefit if you clear your mind as well. And I'm a type A also, and so this was very, very hard for me. So I don't want to say, oh, it's going to be so easy. But I, I think you will find if you I mean, even set a timer if you dedicate yourself, okay, I'm going to do this for five minutes, I think you're going to find you're going to start to look forward to those five minutes in your day if you do it daily or if you do it every other day. Because once we start to calm everything down and we're not spinning so fast in this crazy world and with our crazy stress, we really start to love our times of peace. And if we don't have peace ever, then we don't know we're missing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So I bet I would do this. I bet I'd bring my book with me. I'd be starting by reading the book, and then I'd just put the book down, and I would actually embrace doing nothing. But I'd have to get there. Yeah, I think it's a process. And if you are a big music fan, that's another thing you can do is you can start with, okay, I'm going to put music on for this first one. Or maybe you go book, then you move to just the music, and then you close your eyes and you do silence. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It never is. You're always going to get some benefit. And so the goal is to make whatever modifications that's going to make you actually do it, enable you to do it. Then you can move it and change it as you grow. All right. Then what's the third position? Okay. The third position is just a plain seated forward fold. So we're going to start off same way we did before where our legs are out in front of us and actually taking the toes and pulling them back towards the body, sitting up straight, rolling the shoulders back. And then you're going to inhale, raising the hands up over the head, palms facing. And then you exhale, leading with the chest, just fold over the legs. And so that's all it is. It's that simple. But some people are going to find, hey, my hamstrings are really tight. Um, if you're a runner, you're probably your hamstrings will pretty, be pretty tight, I know, because I was. And so you can bend your knees a little bit, and then you can go back and try and fold over again. And it's not about looking any certain way. It's about the feeling. So if in, at any time the muscles begin to shake, you're going to want to pull off a little bit. You're going to want to bring your chest up a little bit, or you're going to want to bend your knees a little bit and then fold back down. But if you shake, that's not the point. The point is relaxation. We don't want to be working the muscles. You also can take a big giant pillow or several pillows and put them in between your chest and your legs if that is more comfortable for you. And then your arms can just lay beside beside your legs. So you don't want to try and stretch. You want to just lay comfortably and stay there for a good five minutes or so. And if you can't do five minutes, that's totally okay. <laughs> you can start with one minute because um, this will be a nice little hamstring stretch in addition to also 
calming the nervous system. So there's always multiple, multiple benefits of each pose. But I, yeah, this will really kind of calm you down for your day. And you'll, you'll find you're going to sleep better. You're going to be able to focus better when you're trying to get stuff done. And you're just going to overall be a little bit less reactive in your life, a little less frustration. Well, I like this. So focus on breath and take those long breaths. And then three positions, legs up the wall, reclining butterfly pose, and fold forward over your legs. And now where can people see this in action? Okay, so you can see it in action online. Really, you can look up any of those poses and just type it in Google and type in that pose and it will, there'll be tons of videos. I also have like what's called yoga nidra. It's it's a meditation and it's a little bit different than the three poses I've given you. It's more of a 10 minute deep kind of sleep for your body. I mean, it's equivalent to hours of sleep if you do this yoga nidra or the calming meditation. And so that's another thing I would love for people to kind of try out and see if it works for you. And so if you go to ashrams for autism, A-S-H-R-A-M-S, F-O-R, autism, A-U-T-I-S-M dot org. My friend Sharon Manor is amazing, and she will walk you through this. This will, this will be on her site. It's called Yoga Nidra. So that's another great place to go where you can kind of take it to the next level. And you will thank yourself. It is hard to do if you're type A. I get that. And you'll really find it making a difference in your life, and just your abilities will will go higher because you're more focused in your life. Well, thank you, Julie. This has been really great. I am going to try these things. Even though I currently have a herniated disc, I will adjust. I will adjust and try them. So I know you have a book coming out October 2nd, and I'm going to have you come back then to discuss your book, United in Autism, Finding Strength Inside the Spectrum. Now, where can people learn more about your organization right now? What is the website? So you can go to my author page, juliehornock.com. I'll spell it because my name sounds, it sounds exactly like it's spelled, but people want to do it different. It's julie, J-U-L-I-E, Hornock, H-O-R-N-O-K.com. So juliehornock.com. And um, also I have a Facebook page too that showcases families and providers from all over the world just sharing their stories. So that's kind of an interesting place to go to, and it'll give book information. And that is on Facebook. You just look up United in Autism, Julie Hornock. So Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. I hope you will use some of what Julie taught us today to find your own calm place When you come back for our next episode, you'll hear about another way to find a place of calm through using the power of forgiveness to shed all those resentments that are weighing you down. 